Blog Talk Radio. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Burn, remix, up, oh, gon' make you move. Ripping microphones is a habit, I got the fetish. Cooling in the crib with the brutes. It does on the public lounge. Giving you something that you can bounce to. Surround sound, tailor made the plan. LOR2 work. LORD with militia. Coming to get you a vivid 3D picture. DEV, Mr. Tan. Had my girl the mic, Miss Toy ripped it. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you once again, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this April 17th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Dan and Oiko's Triple Zero Yogurt. Possibly the perfect protein snack, Dan and Oiko's Triple Zero contains 15 grams of protein per 5.3 ounces. And unlike some other protein snacks, it has zero fat, zero added sugar, and zero artificial sweeteners. That's Dan and Oiko's Triple Zero Yogurt, the official yogurt of the NFL. Greetings and thanks to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak Natics. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we're going to discuss a second-day rookie running back that may have blazed his way into being an early-round pick and what wide receiver in the NFC North is flying under high-stakes fantasy football players' radars. Plus, from rotoviz.com, we welcome back FFPC Dynasty and Redraft player Jacob Rickroad, who will discuss his latest article for The Viz, as well as his thoughts on Nelson Agolar, Mike Davis, and much, much more. Dave, no Jaws 2, no Game of Thrones going on in the uh, Gatorade studios this evening, but it's still a very exciting night anyway. Shout out to the chat room right now for uh, the guys that are in there. Among them, Fantasy QB. Mint, I'm not in there because Rednecks. I can't get into this. I don't know why you're not. I don't know, I don't know why you're not. Maybe I'm suck. I think I'm sucking up all the internet. PR issue too. Yeah, what a shocker. Well, I'm just saying that never happened, so I, I kind of ruled that out right away. Great. You can uh, connect with us on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. If you want to give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And, of course, the FedEx inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for Jacob, get them in now. And our producer, mutual friend Rob, as well as our audio engineer, Bryce, will get to all the uh, chat room questions, emails, tweets, and more in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Uh, Very exciting tonight to uh, be two weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, You, premium user, and two-packer. The four of us all headed down to Chicago to check things out. I'm very weeks, excited, man. Which, by the way, we aren't. some some people ask me about this. We're not doing a show live from the draft. We'll be off in two weeks. Um, so we, there will be no show then, but plenty to keep you busy, and we'll prep you. Uh, we'll be in the auditorium. Yeah, hopefully. Um, <laughs> we'll have our NFL draft preview show next week. Special guest coming on for that. Going to be very exciting stuff. Also exciting times at the FFPC right now. Won't bore you with all the details. But if you want to get signed up for that pros versus Joe's entry, everybody always says, how do I get in pros versus Joe's? How do I get in pros versus Joe's? 
pay your $200 uh, deposit on your uh, FFPC main event team, and you will be entered into the drawing. If you want to sign up for your football guys, players, championship teams, you can do that right now. And uh, we have some dynasty startups and dynasty orphan teams that uh, are looking for new owners. Check that all out at myffpc.com. Calm. Let's get into uh, the fantasy flash tonight and kicking things off is Adrian Peterson. Uh, NFL general manager told Mike Freeman from Bleacher Report he believes the Raiders are right there in the mix to trade for Adrian Peterson. Uh, Bill Williamson, who covers the uh, Oakland Raiders for ESPN.com, says he keeps hearing Oakland is uh, connected to Peterson as well. Um. Peterson has a 12 and a half, excuse me, $12.75 million uh, cap hit. Uh, so again, <laughs> Reggie McKenzie doing everything he can to bring in more competition for Latavius Murray. Trent Richardson was there. He was not able to sign DeMarco Murray. Now he is going after Adrian Peterson. Uh, Peterson's old offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave, is actually the offensive coordinator in Oakland now. So Dave, what do you think about this? Peterson going to the Raiders. If I said, give me a percentage chance that he is in a Raiders uniform week one, and I set it at 10, would you take the over or under? Um, I'd say I would probably take the over, really, but not by much. Yeah, I would go under. I, I just I think he's okay. Let's count count a three. Tell me who you think he's playing for week one. We'll say it at the same time. Okay. Just say say the um team nickname. Don't say that where they play. Okay. <laughs> the nickname? You, you know, like Packers or Lions or you know what I mean? Okay, count a three. Do you know? I'm thinking. Do okay. I know? I don't know. I'm well, thinking. no, your guess. Do you know what your guess is? Uh, sure. I'll okay. Say yes. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Vikings. Cowboys. Really? <laughs> I see. I think he's back in Minnesota. But you, you're saying Dallas? Yeah, I'll say Dallas. Is it better than a 50-50 shot that he's in Dallas? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. So totally it's up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to tell people to project because it's there's still so many – Moving pieces, especially at the NFL draft, too. But since I own, I own six Jarek McKinnons, I obviously don't think he's coming to Minnesota. Not, not coming back. Shane, he's uh, gone. Shane Hallam says he's saying uh, Cardinals. Mint is saying Cardinals or uh, the Cowboys. Um, you know, the thing with uh, with Peterson, too, is I, I think whoever doesn't end up with the running back, they really want it because I think there's a lot of NFL teams targeting the same running back. I think whoever, quote, unquote, strikes out in the draft, will then make sure they get Peterson, be it the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Vikings, whoever. You know what I mean? You know, interest, you know interestingly enough, he could get traded during the draft. I mean, like oh. like second round, you yeah. know, all of a sudden somebody gets picked and, and uh, trade happens. You never know. Or even the first round. If, and really, I think the pick what, – what, what do you think the, the proper trade is? And I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. Okay. Um, I think it's a conditional future pick. So, I mean, I'm talking about a conditional second or third. Huh. I don't think he's worth more than that at all. You, you usually don't see conditional second or third round picks traded. Usually it's a second or third or conditional fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh if the guy's still on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, or maybe like a, you could do a third rounder this year. I wouldn't give or up Or maybe a multiple picks. I wouldn't give up a second rounder this year for him. I don't think I would either, even if I was desperate. People, but, you know, they've talked about that he's worth a first. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, it's not even. Well, I'll tell you what. That's you, not rational. You, well, somebody might give a first round pick to him, Maybe. and it could be the team we just reported who was in the mix for him because they're crazy yeah. enough to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't even pay a conditional third myself. Speaking of crazy, well, if I was on the cusp. What if the Patriots pick him up? Like, oh my gosh. Third. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That would be great. Oh, Brady and AP. Brent AP, baby. And then they re sign Randy Moss. Oh. <laughs> be like the greatest be silly. 2007 team ever. <laughs> um, we're going to jut into fantasy feedback with a little, uh, 
of Balky's dynasty team news here, Dave. Matt Barrows on Twitter. Everyone can go to sleep now. Matt Barrows on Twitter is reporting that 49ers GM Trent Balky says Carlos Hyde's dropped his weight into the mid 220s. At the combine last year, Hyde was six foot 230. We've already seen that the weight loss effect of uh, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, and LaShawn McCoy before last year has been good. Marshawn Lynch lost weight when he uh, came over to uh, the Seahawks, and it turned out good. Uh, the 49ers, if they don't draft a running back high, he'll just have Reggie Bush and Kendall Hunter. This is great news for Carlos <laughs> Hyde dynasty owners. I'm very excited. This is probably the most excited I've been about Carlos Hyde since I drafted him. You weren't more excited when Gorgeous left, when, when Gore moved on? Well, no, because you because you kind of polluted my mind with the whole bulky, they got to play the Rams, they got to play the Seahawks, they got to play the, they still do. the Cardinals. I know, but now I don't care because they lost weight. So like now so he's now he's, more, now he's agile. Yeah, now he's able to handle the tough defenses. Yeah, by, I by mean, being most powerful. What article is I reading? That some some insane. His yards after contact last year was really really good, and I feel like if he can still come close to that this year with this added agility that I that I'm projecting him to have with this <laughs> weight loss, I feel like this is all good news for Carlos. Huh? It actually probably is. I mean, he was a heavy type heavy guy. His uh, forty time wasn't fantastic at the combine, right? Um, but he's a really powerful back. And if he's, if he just lost fat, I mean, it's great. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, that was, a, that really was the key. He lost fat. He's just got a lot leaner and he was already super agile at the time. Yeah. You talked about his, um, agility numbers at the combine saying like, yeah, look, he had, a, he had a six, seven, five, uh, three cone or short shuttle. Yeah. Was. I think it was the three cone that you yeah. were talking about. And, uh, you know, overall agility score was under 11, which is the lead. Con- and, and especially for that size, I give you credit because not a whole lot of people were talking about that. Rotoviz was talking about it a lot. I mean, not that I want to pair it all with what they were saying, but they right. were talking about that frequently. Antonio Gates says that he'd like to have his snaps cut this year. Dave, report in Sports Illustrated, said that Gates was quoted as saying, "With injuries and whatnot, I played a little bit more than they expected me to play last season. I played the whole game. I'd like to come in on third and sevens, red zones, those situations." Gates turns 35 in June. He played 787 snaps last year. The sixth most targets among tight ends went to Gates last year. Finished with 69 catches, 821 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I want to go back. Oh, okay. First of all, this is good news for Ladarius Green, right? Eh, well, that he's cutting the snaps back. Okay, so yeah, so he'll go from like what 25 to like 35 receptions, maybe. I don't maybe know. Have a, we have like 17 last year or 20. Um, I don't know. It, it might not have been that much. Yeah, terrible. So I mean, we go from like 17 to like 28. Right? Okay. I mean, Gates needs to get hurt for Green to emerge. Okay. That's what, we actually want him on the field more, so he gets hurt. Right. All fair points. Rob and I did a little work on this tonight. We, we scoured through old archives of the shows. And Rob, I want you to cue this clip from 2014. Dave, we were talking about Ladarius Green. This could be the breakout. 2014 could be the breakout for Ladarius Green this year. Okay, thanks, Rob. Now go back to that clip from 2013. Dave, uh, Ladarius Green, 2013 season. This could be his breakout season. And uh, Rob, final clip. This one I think is from April of 2012. Dave, this Ladarius Green guy could be a uh, the guy taking over for Antonio Gates as soon as this year. <laughs> so those are the clips we put together tonight. Nice. And we uh, are basically saying the same thing over again in 2015. Hard for me to get too excited about it. Obviously, you're not excited this about it. This is the year, Balky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've heard this before. So you're not bumping Green up based on this news. Yeah, I mean, from like the 19th to the 17th. Are you targeting him in Dynasty Leagues? Or are you trying to get him at all? Because uh, I feel like, and, and really. sorry for interrupting, I'll tell you this. 
I feel like whoever owns green is like, I am hanging on to this guy until he dies or plays, you know? Yeah. It's like Josh Gordon almost for me. You know, it's like, all right, I I made it through the peaks and the valleys. I'm in a valley now. I'm just going to stay here. Hell or high water. Yeah. Ladarius Green will be successful or suck on my squad. Although, by the way, I did package uh, Justin Blackman in that Carrington League trade. I don't know if you noticed it, but I got you, rid of when was When did this happen? I was to Swanson like some time ago when I picked up Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. So I got rid of Blackman. And then oh. I saw these recent Twitter pictures. Have you seen Blackman on no, Twitter? No, I have not. Oh, my God. What's he posting? He looks like Demarcus Russell. I mean, he is fat. Oh, really? Yeah. That's too bad. Not P-H-A-T, by the way. Right. I, F-A-T, I don't think Balky. I don't think you have to clarify He's that anymore. Fat. Yeah, I think the whole PHAT <laughs> went out in like 2002 or 2003. Sorry, I was watching Meet the Parents the other night. Oh well, then that, ex- that, that explains it. No, but I mean, he's he could obviously drop the weight, maybe come back. But I mean, man, he does not look like he's ready to play in the NFL. Well, good move, jettisoning him. Yeah, I'm happy with you. Him. Had him on a bunch of dynasty teams. Do you still own him anywhere? Uh, I think I own him on one team right. out of six <laughs> and or that, seven out of seven. That one you're probably just dropping him. I would imagine when I when put him on the trade block. Recently. As soon as I saw the pictures, I'm like, I said I would take a second for him, which is hilarious because I would easily take a third, which those picks amount to nothing anyway. There was a former local radio host in Northeast Wisconsin, very passionate, very fired up guy. And anytime any player was stinking on the Packers or the Brewers or the Bucks, he would say. You know, I'd say trade him, but you couldn't get a wet fart for that guy right now. Like that was his go-to <laughs> line. Fine. That was his catchphrase. You could not get a wet fart. You couldn't even get a dry one for Justin Blackman right now. I'll tell you what you could get a bunch for uh, if you're going to draft him in your rookie draft. Tevin Coleman ran four fours at his 40 in his pro day, according to Tony Pauline on Twitter. One report had him at four three five. Coleman, obviously one of his strengths, Dave, is the straight line speed he possesses. Um, but the weaknesses that he has, stiff hips, not able to change directions all that well, uh, can't churn out the chain-moving gains as uh, Roto World states. Uh, by the way, thanks to Roto World and Draft Sharks for tonight's rundown. Uh, Coleman has big play ability. He can pick up the blitz. So whoever drafts him should be able to not have to baby him the first few weeks. Tevin Coleman, we haven't talked about him a lot on this show. We haven't talked about many rookies, really. What are your thoughts on him? Well, let's we're changing that tonight because we get a ton of rock, I mean, rookies to talk about. Running back is super deep this draft. I think Tevin Coleman's going to get drafted. Dave, he wants to get drafted in the first round. He's claiming he wants to be the first running back drafted. It's not going to happen. But he might get drafted. You never mid, know. Second, early second, mid-second. If he goes that in that spot, I mean, the NFL is validating that you know he's going to be a, a good running back. So I, I don't mind him at all, actually. I mean, the speed is fantastic. He's a little bit undersized, but um, you know, not too bad. I mean, at that at that speed, he's fine. I think there's probably the top dozen teams that are you know picking in the draft will will not use a running a pick on a running back that early. But if you get a difference maker, uh, you know, on defense, the offensive line, or a different skill position in those first twelve, and then you come back in the second round. Tevin Coleman's still out there, and you need a running back. Boom. Now, all of a sudden, you fix two things with your first two picks. I really like that. I like Tevin Coleman. I'm trying not to get too excited for him because I, I don't feel like – I feel like he'll be a change of pace guy. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy to get 20 touches a game, um, maybe in his prime for a year or two. But I, I'm not willing to stake my reputation on that. <laughs> and it's a glorious one. <laughs> yes, your, your glorious reputation. Let's, you know, there, uh, there's been some talk about Gurley going in the top 10 now, by the way. You know – a little bit of talk. You and you bring, hear, bring, bring on. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk with our guest uh, about that tonight. But I always throw caution to anybody who is, you know. And again, with all the reports we talked about on the show tonight, people, it's two weeks before the draft. A lot of these could be smoke screens. A lot of these could just be nonsense. We don't know. 
We're just reporting what's out there and doing our due diligence and and giving you the information that you need to process There's for your dynasty drafts. Right. I mean, if you're, if you, I mean, watch the movie Draft It. If you want to know what the NFL draft is really like, did I tell you? I finally Draft It. Did I tell you that? <laughs> did you? Yeah, I finally watched because it's on uh, Cinemax. Didn't come or, and see it with us. I had something going on that night. It was ridiculous. But yeah, speaking of ridiculous, those trades aren't they? They're awesome. Terrible trades. I, I will trade you three first round picks. Oh, and the including way, including the one this year. I mean, the Jacksonville. <laughs> like, yeah, the Jacksonville GM. I mean, just like, it's like, ah, they took my pick. They took my pick. What am I going to do? I'm freaking out here, Sonny. I am freaking out. Uh, listen, there's always one guy that looks like a donkey. And if you don't trade with me, I think it could be you. All right, Sonny, what do you want? This is what I want. Oh, you can't do that. You got to do better than that, Sonny. All right, I'll give you a third second rounder for the number sixth overall pick or whatever. It's like, all right, Sonny, you got a deal. I'm just like, I can't. I'm getting stupider by watching this. I'll tell you one person. That's great. By that was a very good imitation. Well, person. thank you. Uh, by listening to this guy, you will never get stupider. He started playing fantasy football in stupider. 1998. More stupid, whatever it is. He entered the high stakes space in the 2004 WCOF League in uh, in a league with Dave Gerzak. In 2006, he led the WCOF in total what, points. Year? 24, in 2004. I think I took league. Thomas Jones that year. Well, God, I I feel got, like, he sucked. Well, whatever. That he, was the year I went with Robbie. Our team was terrible. It was like Deuce McAllister, Thomas Jones. I'm sure you did better than me, my friend. Rob is shaking his head and holding it. Rob was a jinx. I'm glad he never went after that. Anyway, he uh, in 2006 he led the W Coffin total points of the regular season. He finished 26th overall. He took third place in his FFPC 500 Dynasty League in 2013. He finished in the cash again in that same league last year. Follow him on Twitter at Clutch Fantasy. Read his articles on RotoViz.com and please welcome. Back into the high stakes fantasy football hour, Mr. Jacob Rick Road. What's up, man? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me back. Well, we're just so glad that you're not big timing us now that you're, <laughs> you know, you, you've reached the upper echelon of draft Twitter and and uh, fantasy football Twitter. So exciting to bring you back on the show, Jacob. Well, thank you very much. We got to get Shark Hendrick West back. <laughs> I, I think that ship has sailed, my friend. Hey, but that is pretty awesome, by the way, to, to tout ourselves. We bring in Shark Hendrick West, not even on the top like 40 or 50 running backs. Right. In, in, you know, no one's talking about him. Right. And he was on the active roster for the Chiefs late in the season. He's yeah. on the practice squad. You know, that's awesome. Jacob Rick Road, we, just, we just a high stakes fantasy football player. He comes on the show. Rodov is like, we got to have this guy. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that was at the very bottom of his resume. You know what I think we should do next week for our guest? You have me come on as the guest. And then maybe I'll be on Sirius XM the maybe, week yeah, after. Maybe you'll do something meaningful. Uh, that you never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see what happens. A uh, lot, lot of time in between this week's show no, and next week. All right, week. let's clear. Are you asking the even or the odd questions now? What do you want to do? <laughs> you go first. Do you, how about you go first? I always okay. go first. All right, Jacob. How did 2014 turn off? By the way, Jacob, last week. I reread a question that was already asked, so it's really embarrassing. <laughs> but again, there was a lot of distractions going on, so I don't think anybody blames you. So how did 2014 <laughs> turn out for you in your uh, FFPC Dynasty League? Well, let, let me start from the beginning. Uh, late February uh, last year, I, I looked at my roster, and I was missing a backup tight end. So I decided to take my wide receiver six, who was going into his fifth year, hadn't had more than 800 yards ever, and I traded him for Kobe Fleener. I was all over Fleener because of – Andrew Luck, of course. Well, two weeks later, that wide receiver six signed with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders was my wide receiver six. So it, mm-hmm. it didn't start off great, but I had a, a great rookie draft. I drafted Jordan Matthews, Allen Robinson. Went into the season, went 10-3, and three, 
was the number one seed going into the playoffs. So I had the week 14 buy, which is sweet. Got 300 bucks, and then uh, my team took a dump in the playoffs. <laughs> Did you take what are you going to do? Were you, were you get nothing? I finished, I finished fourth. I had Keenan Allen went down in like the first quarter. I had her shot. Jennings got hurt. Jordan Matthews put up a zero. Just wasn't able to recover. You know, yeah, it, it's really, a sweet playoffs. Matthews crushed it for a while, and then he had that bad week. Well, you but, know what's interesting I, is Jacob takes – he takes Matthews and Robinson, two of your guys that you were touting last year. Well, obviously, I like Rotovis. Well, too. great, great minds. Go ahead, Jacobs. Or in this case, Jacobs' mind and yours. <laughs> or I mean, your mind and Jacobs. Excuse me. Jacobs being the great mind. <laughs> go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, it's, it's a, a rough season, but like I said, anything can happen. You know, the year before Jamal Charles dropped 60 points. Um, you know, a lot of teams, if you didn't have Odell Beckham, you didn't win it. So, I was pretty happy overall with the success I had, though. I mean, getting number one seed, your season can't get any better than that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's the main takeaway that anybody should have where, where you have a bad couple of weeks. What would you rather have? Would you rather have your team do really well, all the research that you did, all the decisions you made really were the correct ones? You put your team in a position to win it all, and, you know, it was a bad two weeks. I mean, these things happen, and uh, you just got to move on. Uh, you've made no secret uh, that when you think uh, when dynasty teams are properly managed, Jacob, there's never a need to, you know, get rid of all your veterans, trade for draft picks and rebuild. What are the key aspects that dynasty players really have to adhere to in order to execute that strategy of never having to rebuild and contend every single year? Well, it's a five hundred dollar league, so I have no interest in wasting a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. To, to get back into a starting spot. So when I started getting into this, I, I went back and I reviewed some of the FFPC dynasty leagues and, and the teams that won, and I just looked for correlations. And I, what I found is two-thirds of the teams had elite quarterbacks, so Breeze, Rodgers, Manning, Brady, and then a bunch of them also had Gronk or Graham. No no secret there. Uh, so I decided going in that I wanted those were, I wanted to get Graham, of course, in, in the one-and-a-half-point format, and Breeze, so those are two guys. And I didn't want to take chances in the draft at all, so I, I've stayed away from rookies in the early rounds. Uh, there's just too much uncertainty with those guys. So while other teams were drafting, you know, second-year players that might have been had a ton of potential, like David Wilson or um, Mike Ball was drafted early, I drafted Drew Breeze in the third, and I haven't looked back. So as far as the rest of my team, I wanted uh, – receivers and a lot of them and i picked receivers that were on on good teams or had a serious track record meaning they'd already been in the top 24 ppr scoring so fitz was my second round pick um he did great the first year and not so much the last year but then i i took uh jordy nelson i actually got in the fifth round which is just crazy but obviously wow. with uh rogers that was an easy one and then i picked up decker you know catching passes for manny and then jeremy macklin was my seventh round pick and i didn't even get to use him in 2003 13. So I, I didn't pick a running back until round nine, and that was Shane Vereen. Um, you know, I didn't plan on going zero running back, but it just happened that way. And then I took chances later in the draft with on rookies, and uh, that's when I drafted Keenan Allen in the 13th round. You know, nice. you know nice. what's interesting, too, about your dynasty roster when I was looking at it, you have Vereen. You also have Rashad Jennings on that team, and now Vereen – signs with the Giants as a free agent this offseason. So now you, I mean, 
I can't remember if you have Andre Williams or not, but you have two pieces of that Giants backfield. Were you happier that that you were able to kind of you know square that backfield away, or would you not, have rather not see? Really. No, you yeah. weren't. No, because I'm not sure how they're going to use Vereen. And, you know, Rashad Jennings was pretty good, actually. Well, I, put, I picked him up up the waiver wire. So, you know, you talk about going zero running back. I had I traded, I got panicked and I traded for McFadden. I traded Hakeem Nicks for McFadden, which worked out pretty well because it led me to Rashad Jennings up the waiver wire. Um, and then I targeted Mikella Shore was my 10th round pick, who, you know, played for Detroit. Just went in the veterans draft recently, but and then backed him up with Troy Bell. So targeting running backs on on teams with coaches that throw a lot was just another easy one to go. Um, we'll see how this goes. Right now, I only have three running backs on the roster. I had McFadden, but I cut him before uh, the roster cuts because I had to. So hopefully, I can find some waiver wire or draft somebody this year. I'm going to have two questions for you, actually. Hold on. Before you ask those questions, let me just make a quick point. It brings up the Veterans Combine. You know, you heard about the Veterans Combine, right, Dave? Yep. So Michael Bush was at it, and he ran, he ran a 40. And Jacob, I don't know if you heard this at all, but he ran the 40. And he ran, it was like a 5-4. or a five, and he's a, Really? And he's a running back. It was a terrible time. And he, he got done running, and he, he asked him, he's like, oh, what was my time? And they told him, I was like five, four, three, and he's like five, four, five, four. Are you serious? That's it, man. That's my career. Oh, <laughs> like, that's awesome. I, mean, it was, I mean, it's it's de- it's depressing, but it is a little hilarious because he's right. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you know, I heard about this other guy who said, "Oh, I'm going to lose all my endorsements after he murdered some people up in up Massachusetts." Did you, who did I retweet that that had and 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 Jacob? I think you retweeted my retweet. I think it was. Was it Denny Carter? I think posted something, and and I don't know. It was some website about some guy who owned Aaron Hernandez in Dynasty League. He's like, I can't believe they convicted him. I'm never. We're never going to see how good Aaron Hernandez could have been. I really was excited to see this kid get on the field and wow. prove how. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is and awful. He's basically claiming he was innocent. It's like, uh, really? <laughs> Man. All right, yeah. your two questions that you had. Off I, the I forgot them now. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Right. Here's my first one. Actually, so you're talking about, you know, you're, you're talking about the zero RB theory. Does that apply to rookie drafts a lot for you? So, and I'm going to bring that specifically to the 101 where Todd Gurley is considered to be possibly a generational running back. However, Amari Cooper is a very safe yet potentially elite player. And Kevin White is another, they, they talk about him as a Julio Jones type of clone, but he's only a one-year wonder. So what do you, what are you doing at the 101 if you have that pick? I'm taking Amari Cooper and I'm not thinking twice about it. There you go. The, see, I think I think that's a, and I see I have I have four different number one picks in my dynasty leagues, whether through trade or some leagues where I didn't make the playoffs and my team sucks, or my didn't make the playoffs and my team is not the worst, but it's somehow you know the way that the playoffs work out or the rookie picks work out. I the one, so I'm trying to decide between Cooper and Gurley. Really, I don't think Kevin White's in the equation for me, so I appreciate that. Uh, give me a little reason why. Um, he broke out at a very young age, and he's done it three times. Um, he, he's not even – I think he's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's been called one of the most polished route runners of the last decade. So what's there a lot to like about the guy? He played in a big conference, big games, and he just got it done. I mean, he's to me, he's got all the makings of a A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Julio-type player. Dave, real quick, because I think Jacob already knows this, so I'm not going to ask him. How old is Amari Cooper right now? 21. He's 20. Really? So. Yeah, he's 20. He turns 21 in June. Wow, that's Isn't awesome. that crazy? Yeah. 
Kevin White turns 20, is it 23 in June? I want to say 23. So yeah. Yeah, 23. So, so in the, you guys have that phenom score on Rotoviz, and I think uh, Amari Cooper's phenom score is in the high threes, and I think Kevin White's is like 0.62 or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, you got to go to the second page to find Kevin White. Because <laughs> I always like that too. When guys at the dra- you know, drafts, and, and it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, he's so, not even on my sheet. You know, locally, yeah. it's like, like, oh, let me turn the page. Yeah. And then they exaggerate the. Yeah. Oh, Rob, producer Rob does that all the time. Where he's like, he's not even on my sheet, and then the the, the comeback is always like, you better get a new sheet then. Uh, <laughs> just great classic stuff that that uh, that you'll never uh, you never usually hear at high stakes drafts, but still fun. All right, Jacob, back to your newest article on Rotoviz. Um, draft, p- draft picks come at a premium to acquire in dynasty leagues, but the data you came across suggested that they may actually be overvalued. These are the rookie picks. Uh, what can you tell us about your findings? Well, you know, you always hear people say, oh, you just trade a stud, get a couple picks, and load back up. You, you totally rebuild. And so there's a guy in my league that did that. He traded Des Bryant. And I was like, are you crazy? He traded him for two picks. And, and you know, needless to say, it didn't work out. So, um, he, he also was the guy that I had traded Emmanuel Sanders to, and he traded Emmanuel Sanders to uh, a team that was gonna, one receiver away um, for a first-round pick, and that team actually ended up winning it all, That GDF, who you guys have had on the show before. Ed Hawk, anyway, so, good guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I, I, went, <laughs> I said, okay, what, what are these really worth? I mean, what are the odds of hitting on it? So I went back to 2010, and I charted every player by ADP and how they finished. And if they finished in the top 12 quarterbacks, top 12 tight ends, top 24 running back wide receivers. And it's pretty interesting information. Only one out of six players selected. So there was 360 total rookies. So I did six rounds of 12. So out of 360 players, only 60 during the five-year span had a top 12, top 24 season. And only 25, so 8%, 8.6%, excluding 2014, had two or more seasons. So there's just a ton of us. And if you look at the first round, it was it was pretty much 50-50. And that number goes down if you pull out one-year wonders like Java Best, Trent Richardson, Doug Martin, et cetera, et cetera. He got hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was your boy. He was amazing, I know. too. I mean, we, we still talk Java about Best. him. We're going to hang up on you. All right. We're not going to hang. You can say whatever you want. We're not going to hang up on you. Um, But seriously, Javid Best. He would, dude, he was amazing. Too bad he got bad in the head. I remember his rookie year, and you were all about him. You were all, and I, you know, just by osmosis, I think I started to get on him a little bit. And then his first game wasn't all that great. But then his second game, he had 51, 50, 51, fantasy, 51 points. fantasy points. And I'm like, oh, my God, Gerzak was totally right. And then he had the concussion, and it was just – And then he's like, oh, he'll be back like next week oh, or next week. So frustrating. That he could sucks. have been so good. He four three five forty, and he had like a six seven five uh, three cone. man. It was amazing. Anyway. Um, moving on, uh, Jacob, we're going to get back to that to that uh, dynasty. Next, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. Ahead. You can go ahead. One thing uh, that I really found interesting about your article is you mentioned the, you know, like the third round rookie picks and beyond are almost worthless. Isn't that one of the things you came up with? Yeah. So basically in the third round or later, there was only 15 players out of 240 that actually hit. And you know, some of those guys were quarterbacks. You know, Russell Wilson was in there late. Um, Jimmy Graham was a third round pick. Dennis Pitta had one season. So a bunch of tight ends. Joe, Joy Bell was probably one of the best late-round running backs, and he's at three seasons. Uh, Antonio Brown was a six-round pick. 
But outside of those guys, I mean, 15 total, it's a complete crapshoot. So you hear people give evaluations like, oh, this veteran's worth this, or this, he's only worth a third-round pick, or, or even a second-round pick. The second-round pick wasn't much better. I mean, it only had a 26% error rate. Pretty bad. And when you consider that some of those second-round players didn't hit for a long time. Brandon LaFell was a second-round guy. He didn't hit till last year. Same with Emmanuel Sanders and Golden Tate. So, you know, it's it's not the safest. But on the flip side, when you do hit, it's huge. So anybody that hit on A.J. Green or Julio, I mean, they, they've got a player in the top 10, 12 every year, which is big. So it's kind of a glass half full, glass half empty how you look at it. But second round in general, you know, I'm, I'm not thrilled about it. And early first is better, but there's no guarantees. I mean, Trent Richardson was a 101. Tavon Austin was a 101. There's a bunch of guys that aren't even in the league anymore. David Wilson, um, Jonathan Franklin, you know, Marcus Latimer. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot as a whole. Well, Tavon Austin was a stupid pick in the first place. I mean, like, I didn't I, – I mean, we wouldn't even consider drafting him. I, didn't, I, I we feel, didn't even talk about drafting yeah, him anyway. Yeah, I feel like we never really pimped him up no, as far as – he sucked. I mean, like, shrimpy. And then we talked about Cordell Patterson as being a former the whole time. You know yeah, what I, I mean, love to do? Go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. Yeah, go. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that the running backs were really bad. The first-round running backs. There's a few that have hit. I mean, Gio and, and Eddie Lacy were good. But um, Mark Ingram – he was the first first overall. He didn't hit till last year. Uh, Ryan Williams, Daniel Thomas, DeLon Carter. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Ben Tate, it's pretty useless, you know, this time. You know what I love doing in Dynasty Leagues is when I have those third and fourth round rookie picks, Dave, I always, you know, I'll make a deal with somebody. I'll agree to a deal. And if they're kind of on the fence, I'll just kind of throw that in. Or even if they're not, I'll just throw it in, you know, just to kind of get what it done. Pick? A third, a third round pick yeah, or four, yeah. because I don't care about because yeah. I'm never, I'm not smart enough to hit on those picks. Yeah. And I feel like, oh, maybe if I give this guy a little bit more here, like in the future, he might kind of have a soft spot for me. And it hasn't worked out, but I'm gonna still do it. I think in like the local league type third round, you know, like the local private dynasties third rounders can kind of happen. Yeah, like my third round pick last year in Carrington, Who? Johnny Manziel. <laughs> It's fantastic. I took McKinnon right after it. Jacob Rickroad is our guest on the uh, show tonight. Uh, and Jake, you know, our podcast is is unlike a lot of other ones out there. And the fact that we rarely have industry writers on our show because we really want to focus on the opinions and analysis of high stakes players. But because we because we hate industry people. We don't hate industry. We had them on for I'm pros sorry. versus Joes. I, I hate the industry people. Okay. So you hate the industry people. <laughs> I don't think there, that's any secret. But you're sort of a member of both groups. You're a high stakes player. You're also right for rotoviz.com. Um, given that you're kind of basically a member of both portions of that, you know, Venn diagram, how do you think the two groups uh, compare to each other as far as, um, you know, success in fantasy football? Um, well, you know, I have a high esteem for writers. It's it's really not easy what they do. And these guys turn out so much content. And the, the big guys, I, I totally respect them. You know, they got to deal with all the Twitter trolls. They're trolling, you know, Evan Silva and Sigmund Bloom. I'm sure they deal with nonsense all the time. But I still sure. hold the high stakes guys in higher esteem because I played with them, and I, I've seen you know Kimra, Wayne Ellis, and Chad Schroeder, and you know all the guys you guys play out with in in uh, Kentucky. That they they win year after year. Dave, I mean your record is pretty impeccable too. And so yeah, back in two thousand three, <laughs> it was good back then. <laughs> 
You're like so Stu I, Unger, I, Dave. I <laughs> You're like the Stu Unger of fantasy football. With the worst drug habit. <laughs> hey, which, by the way, you know, I, I, the, the Onion had that. I'm sorry, Jacob. We're going to get back to you in a second. We'll, keep, we'll run your just, interview along. So we always we, we totally are. Um, that article I tagged you on on Facebook about the Onion, about that meth article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah my, I came home today and my mom was watching uh, Emma and, and she's like, hey, Eric, does Dave do meth? <laughs> And I'm like, no, but I knew you'd find that funny. So my mom thought you were on meth, which I thought was hilarious. I'm not lean. I should get on meth. I lean out a lot faster. But anyway, Jacob, you bring up an interesting point because a lot of times some of these industry guys, uh, like Evan Silva is probably the one that I always think of when it comes to internet trolls. He's actually been trolled by some high stakes players in the past too. So obviously he's got to put up with a, with a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, one of them was a guest on your show. Yeah, I'm not going to name Derek, any names, but uh, I'll name it. Derek I, Pearson. Yeah. Derek Pearson was trolling him. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, he emailed me. I'm like, dude, what are you, you know, why are you giving this guy crap? Just shut up, you know? I, I looked, yeah, I Evan's actually looked. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, the stuff that Evan puts out, I mean, the articles he puts out on Roto World are fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, he's very well thought. And I'll tell you what, we've been into the FSTA a few times. And you know, one time was with Matt, I was out there with Matthew Barry. And, you know, he had a book signing or whatever. But I'll tell you what, when they had that cocktail meet and greet, when everybody was there, you know um, who had the biggest crowd of people around him? Yeah, Barry. No, Evan Silva oh, really? had more people around oh, him than Matthew Barry did. Know that. And that really? was the, I went out there for two years and Silva both times. He was in the middle. And a lot I of never them. Saw, I never saw him, actually. Uh, Evan Silva at the FSD. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I don't rock You were too know. busy schmoozing with. I don't, know what I, I don't know what he looks like. Sorry. Oh, he's a he's a tall guy. Well, he's got I was his. Too busy kissing Dodds' ass. Probably he's got his art, his picture posted with all his Roto World. Articles. I don't look at. The I guess you know, I don't look at like the thirty a, by thirty. It's gift. not a full body shot. <laughs> Evan Silva, if you're listening, we'd love a full body shot for you to post on our Facebook page. Please, yeah, please. Just so it. Dave knows what you look like. Um, no, but but you, I mean, definitely Evan Silva, very talented writer. It, Derek Pearson, he actually at mentioned me in a tweet, like kind of challenging. He was like, put your money where your mouth is and join this league or whatever. And, and I'm like, dude, I can't play in contests I run. He's like, no, no, I didn't mean you. I just wanted you to retweet it because Jesus. Evan Silva blocked me on Twitter, which was <laughs> hilarious. But anyway, good stuff. We're, 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 we're getting, uh, we're getting away from it. Dave, you have the, the next question for Jacob. <clears throat> Yes, sir. So let's talk about Kevin uh, White a little bit. He had a four three five forty at the combine. Everybody went crazy given his size and production. Uh, you made an interesting comparison on Twitter between him and a certain wideout for the Chargers. I'm guessing that's not Eddie Royal. How much is he plays to the Bears? How much is age a factor in looking at NFL rookies in dynasty drafts? Well, it's a big one, and you know if you follow up some of the road of his guys, it's been a lot of time. Sean Siegel, as you guys know, the zero running back pioneer. A fantasy douche who the editor of Rotoviz has done a lot of work. James Todd, another writer, and John Moore. You guys mentioned earlier his Phenom Index. Uh, basically, it looks at the age of when a guy broke out. So if he's younger um, and he's breaking out, he's a pretty talented guy because he's playing with older players. And um, they they use market share. It's called the Dominator rating, and it, it it's uh, the market share of passing yards and touchdowns that a player has. So anything over a thirty percent. Is, is really good dominator rating. Um, so the guy gets 30% of the passing touchdowns and passing yards. He's, he's a stud. And then if you combine that with him being under 21, the likelihood of him being a star in the NFL is really high. Whereas guys that were older than that, so like 23, um, they weren't as likely to, to perform. In fact, half of those, the first-round picks, didn't pan out. 
So even though they had a high dominator rating because they were older, and I think it's a fantastic metric that's kind of flying under the radar. Um, I use this in the drafts with Jordan Matthews, who had a huge dominator rating, and, and then Allen Robinson, who was a John Moore favorite also. And if you look at the 2013 class and, and you follow this metric, the two guys in that class that had the, the best dominator rating and the youngest age breakout were DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen. So the other guys in the drafts, like Tavon Austin and Cordell Patterson, um, et cetera, et cetera, you know, Terrence Williams, none of them met that metric, meaning over the 30% dominator rating and then being younger than 21. So to me, it's, it's, it is it when it comes to rookie wide receivers. And I'm going to target guys heavily like that. And that's why Amari Cooper, I think, is heads and tails above Kevin White. Kevin White only had one season where he, he dominated. Before that, he did nothing. So, you know, Keenan Allen is the same age as Kevin White. Keenan Allen's already got 148 receptions on Kevin White, and they're the same age. Yeah, that's pretty insane, really. Let me ask you a question, actually, about uh, I think it was the 2013 draft. Um, <clears throat> Marcus Wilson was a late pick, sixth-rounder, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And he actually had a really high – he had one a high dominator rating, did he not, or a high phenom score? It was one of those two. He was really highly rated. And I he did. either smartly or stupidly traded him for a 2-1-0 rookie pick this year which would totally go against not only not just one, but two things because I'm trading him for a rookie pick and not even a good one. And also this guy, you know, had this young, awesome season and then had problems at Washington state. So did I totally screw up here or, or what? I, I had to drop the guy. I, all the best I got was a fifth round offer. And I said, you know what? I'll <laughs> take him before that. So I, he, he was <laughs> on my team and I, and I had to cut him because, you know, the roster restrictions are pretty tight in FFBC. So uh, I I don't think so. You got two hundred one. You said? Uh, not quite. Two ten. <laughs> no two ten. Two hundred one. I'm not pretty solid. <laughs> I'm not crazy about the guy. I mean, he just picked up Eddie Royal. You know, we know how Jay Cutler loves Eddie Royal. Um, he might be fourth in the pecking order, maybe fifth if you count Forte. And and well, Tresman's no longer there. And they're talking about drafting – if they draft a receiver at seven or in the second round, he's pretty much almost worthless, I think. That was, that was kind yeah. of my content. One of the reasons I dropped him is I wasn't that impressed with him when Marshall was out. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. For, thank you. Even though that kind of goes against the tenants, I mean, he obviously hasn't really shown much, and you know, not every person is going to break out in, in spite of that metric. So go ahead, boss. Jacob Rick Road from rotoviz.com and FFPC Dynasty and Redraft player joining the show tonight. Let's talk a little bit of CJ Spiller, uh, his prospects going forward. The Saints switching more to a rushing-based attack and their highest paid running back, not Mark Ingram, it's CJ Spiller. He's going to be playing indoors for 75% of his fantasy schedule this year. Where do you see his final numbers this season ending up at, Jacob? Well, I love him. Um, you know, the, the Saints have a reputation of being a passing team, but I went back and looked. 2011, Sproles was the running back five, and Pierre Thomas was the running back 21. Um, again, Sproles the following year, running back 13. In 2013, Sproles was a running back 23, and Pierre Thomas was running back 16. And then last year, Ingram was a running back 14 after missing three games. They, they run the ball, and they throw the ball a lot. And Spiller is just as good as Sproles. I think his ceiling it could be the running back five like Sproles had in 2011. Um, I love the guy. If he can catch 60 passes, he'll sneak into the top 24. He'll be a solid RB too. I mean, he's a guy, I just did a, um, a best ball league and I actually Evan Silva, Sigma Bloom and Dave Richard from CBS were in the league. 
I had the 12 pick, and I want to get your take on this. I drafted the third four turn. I picked up Ingram Spiller because I think both those guys could end up in the top 24. What do you think? Nice. I like that, actually. Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's a similar strategy. Was it was it the pros versus Joes last year that I think it was pros versus Joes and Jules McLean locked up the Saints passing game. She took Stills, Cooks, and Colston, and, and you know obviously not right in a row, but she got all three of them in in a best ball format. And I think given the the passing attack that New Orleans had last year, that was a great thing to do. Well, now you look at it this year, and you look how successful New Orleans was at the end of the season rushing the ball. To get Spiller and Ingram, that could be really deadly this year. I, I think so, it's awesome. I'm I'm all about Spiller. I do. I tried to trade for him actually in my uh, dynasty league, but the guy wanted a first round pick, and I just wasn't willing to do that. What do you think about that? I mean, I wouldn't do it. I I'd, I mean, seriously, like I like. Well, I guess I don't like Spiller as much as the next guy, uh, but I'd rather have the uh, the first round pick rather than Spiller. Yeah, it's tough, yeah, especially if, if now. You know, I, I look at rookie picks like it's like the stock market. Right now, the 2016 picks are like they're worth very little. 2015 picks are like worth so much. I mean, like it's like earning report, earnings reports are coming out like, oh, my God, they're worth so much now. And they keep going up and up as you get into it. That's why trading for future picks. I love doing that, Balky. Yeah, because in, in next year, there, there's going to be the, the Dan Eckroyd guys that wake up in the morning and, and, and inhale and go first round rookie picks i think first round rookie picks today you know one of those things but like they're not on you know they're not on board with it right now because it's again it's it's a year in the future so exactly Very all right true. jacob looking at your ffpc dynasty squad you don't exactly have the youngest team in the world outside of jordan matthews keenan allen and allen robinson you know Bucky, that's not bad so you know no, it's. I mean, who wrote this question? Those trio. That was a Rob special. He's got three young, three young wide receivers. Right. Those three younger wide receivers, very good. But the rest of his roster, I would not classify as pups. Okay, so you got some old suckers, and you have no first rounder this year. Are you still trying to lower the age of your team during the rookie draft? And do you care about that? Like, you know, they talk about the that in the NFL sometimes. Like, this is the oldest team in the NFL, or this is the youngest team in the NFL. What do you care about that? No, you know, I, I, I drafted my team intentionally. I have, I have Fitz, who's in the 30 range. I got Jordy right behind him. I got Decker Macklin there following up. And then the three young guys you just named, I, I think I'm cool. Oh, Jeremy Macklin's in there too. So he's kind of in the middle. I, I think this, most of those guys have a few years left. You know, some of these players too, they'll play into their 30s. The elite players will. And uh, I, I might hang on to them and, and just keep rolling. Um, I do need a running back. I'm probably one running back away from hitting it but other than that you know i still got a couple more years out of breeze and we'll see what happens with jimmy graham that's one of my strategies i'm really starting to employ is i actually just made a trade for someone i traded away the 106 and the 111 rookie picks um somebody oh and blake bortles whatever for uh alshon jeffrey anquan bolden and romo i didn't really need romo but bolden actually is a good number four receiver for me and jeffrey's like a solid number two and i our solid number three actually i have calvin and julio that really makes my team actually kind of competitive now. You traded the 106, the 111, and what? what 106, 111, and Bortles for Jeffrey and, um, and Romo and, and, and Bolden. And, like, I, my point is, like, those old wide receivers like Bolden, it's like, just, dude, just take that guy to the grave with you. He, no one else values him for anything. Well, the problem with that, Dave, is assuming that at some point Bolden will die, which <laughs> I don't he, think is ever going to happen. Will. Yeah, so, you know, it's seriously, like, those guys, I mean, like, no one's going to pay proper value for him, so just keep riding him out. And then, you know, like, I had Reggie Wayne when he retired. It's like, you know what? It's okay to actually have a player and he retires and you just caught him. 
couple of well, emails here. Sure. Uh, Jacob, uh, George from New York, New York. Not sure if it's George Costanza or not. Should I read it in the Costanza voice, the angry Costanza yeah, voice? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Hello, Clutch Fantasy. Given the track record is either poor or incomplete with USC. What? This is terrible. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Given the track record is, is either poor or incomplete with USC wide receivers in the NFL, what are the chances that Nelson Agoler, 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 bucks the trend <laughs> and becomes a solid player for fantasy purposes? Keep up the great vision, George in New York, New York. What do you think about Nelson Agolar, uh, Jacob? Is it's he going to be Agolar? 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 What the hell is that? Agolar. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? It's Have not Agolar. Don't you listen to Cecil Lammy? Those guys—they must have yapped about this guy a bunch of times. You know, Cecil Lammy said last night on the Audible he wants to do a two-hour podcast about two running backs that may not get drafted. Oh, seriously, can't, can't that would me. be listen. That would be listened to literally by dozens. Please, of please kill me. <laughs> anyway, uh, Nelson, oh, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Aguilar. Sure, it's gotta be that. Agalar. Nelson Agalar. Uh, what do you think about him, Jacob? Well, that SC thing scares me. I mean, we, the track record is bad for SC receivers. I mean, when was the last good one? Keyshawn. Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> Yeah. Marquis Lee, baby, just wait. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, he, 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 right. You know, Hulk, he didn't have a terribly crappy season as a rookie. You're right. He didn't have a terribly crappy somewhat season. Somewhat crappy. All right. I don't know if this we, is going to go ahead. Rotovich had a rookie draft, and he went um, in the, the the end of the first round, which is pretty pretty good. I you know I respect these guys a lot. I think Rich Rebar picked him. Um, some of the comps for that fantasy douche wrote about Aguilar and some of the comps he had on Aguilar were Torrey Smith, uh, Golden Tate and Jeremy Macklin. So those aren't bad, but there was also Marcus Wheaton, Robert Meacham in there too. So, yep. you know, I, he probably doesn't have a huge ceiling, but you know, he's got the, the chops. He could end up being a wide receiver too if he lands in the right situation. Just looked it up, and it's I've seen Agolar and Aguilar. Right. So I don't I don't know. I don't we'll have to see what Musburger does. Um, you right, see, well, you know he's going to butcher it. I have a, okay, I have, a, I have a question actually about the Phenom score and a different player. Okay. Devin Funches, you guys, uh, his Phenom score is actually really pretty high. I was actually really intrigued by him. Um, and, and his pro, he ran a 4.7 at the combine, which sucks. Everybody's like, oh, he's terrible. Um, but he actually, his pro day, he ran a lot better. And, you know, he's got the size, he's got the weight. What do you think of him and what do you think of the Phenom score? Do you think that's a false positive or do you think it's legit? Uh, you know, I, it all depends on where you can get him. I haven't done a ton of research on him yet, but with all the things you said about him, it sounds legit. I mean, I can go pull up the uh, the rookie. I don't think he went in the first round of the rookie draft. He was 16, the road of his rookie draft. So a second-round pick could be solid, a guy with that kind of PR and the size. Yeah, I think. I mean, at that point, it's like you're shooting darts, and that's a good it's a good shot. You're shooting for a triple 18 on that one. Yes, yeah, sure. Triple 18, huh? That's, yeah. that's the tough one? Yeah, if you're playing cricket, you know, up on the right side of the board there. Why is twenty not tougher? Because well, everyone's everyone goes for twenty triple twenty. I mean, the good dart players. Yeah, but so twenty, good. you're like dead on. Eighteen actually matches up if you're right-handed. It's perfect. You can be your nose can be right at the bullseye, right? What are you What are you best at in darts? I'm best at the triple seventeen. I think sixteens. I'm I'm just been really really good at over yeah, the years. Nice. I know. What about you, Jacob? What are you good at? Yeah, do you ever play cricket <laughs> on the dartboard there, Jacob? <laughs> nah, not so much. I mean, I'm in California. Did, did, I can't remember the last time I saw a dartboard. <laughs> do, you, do you go bowling at all here in Wisconsin? We go bowling all the time. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, not well, so much. You, 
You See, definitely they have, they you have, have the a, cool bowling alleys in California with like wine and cheese and crap. With wine and cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's what they have. Yeah, I'm sure they do. It's like, you know, 30 bucks a game. Dave, speaking of California, our next email comes from the hard hitting suburb of, of Inglewood, Colorado. <laughs> this is from Solomon in Englewood, from not Ice Englewood, Cube. Colorado. No, Ice Cube. Hi, Jacob. What do you see Amir Abdullah being uh, drafted? Where do you see, or excuse me, let me, I can read. What round do you see Amir Abdullah being drafted in Chicago at the end of the month? And can he be a bell cow running back? Or is his ceiling destined to be a timeshare guy? Thanks for the email. That's Solomon in Englewood, Colorado. Amir Abdullah, Jacob, go. Uh, I think he's projected to, to go in like the second, third round of the NFL draft. Uh, guy ran a 4.640, not bad. Had pretty good college production. He has 1,600 yards, 19 touchdowns. I know he does have a fumbling issue. That might hurt him a little bit, but he, he's a three-down back. He caught a ton of receptions. I kind of like him. He he went 111 in the road of his uh, rookie draft. So that's a guy I got my eye on. I don't know if he'll fall to me in the mid-second, but we'll see. He's got an elite agility. He just he he crushed the combine except for his forty time, and then his forty was good as pro day. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say this: you can get that to one ten. I have Carrington, no no no. Listen, I have plenty of I have three uh, second round picks in Carrington this year, and I'll tell you what: I would be happy to use any of them on Abdullah, but I probably wouldn't take him in the first round. Oh, I like him. We'll see where he goes. Well, let's talk trade. We got to figure this out. <laughs> All right, off air. Let's All right, go. J- uh, Jacob. Uh, Dave has one last question for you uh, before we let you go here. And uh, that is the the one I always love. What is the one player in redraft that you're going to make sure you have on as many teams as possible this year? Who's the one player you will avoid at all costs? The the player I'm going to get this year is Jason Witten. I think uh, he's going to be criminally underdrafted this year. You know, coming off the season he had last year, he's actually still pretty good. He caught 64 receptions on only 90 targets, and I think there's a good chance that um, Dallas has to throw a little bit more than they did last year. And yeah, he's he's not dead yet. He's he's still in there. He's going to be the Antonio Gates pick of of this season. Is my my take. I mean, Gates was a guy you could get way late last year. So I really like Jason Witten. We were all over Gates last year, Valky in Kentucky. We yeah, on, I was just, like I, you know, teams. I was just thinking about this. Like one of the strengths of Kurt and my um, auction team in Kentucky last year, we had Witten and Gates. Nice. Like we flexed them out quite Sweet. a bit, uh, actually. So. All right, who's the suck? Calvin Benjamin. Oh, um, doesn't catch enough. I'm just not buying it. You know, he, he barely caught 50 percent of his passes. He, Greg Olson actually had more yards than he did. That's embarrassing. Guy Olsen had 20 less targets. You know, I was comparing just the targets to some other player. Jordy had six more targets than Kelvin Benjamin, and he had 25 receptions and 500 more yards. And Dez actually had nine less targets than Kelvin Benjamin. I just, you know, I wasn't crazy about the guy coming in because he didn't do a ton in college. He's awesome in the red zone, don't get me wrong. But I think he's probably one decent receiver away from losing all those targets. And I don't think he's going to do it if he's only catching – 55, 60 balls. So um, I'm going to pass. Let someone else take him in the third round. I think you make a good point. I think Carolina drafts another receiver fairly high. Greg Olson's still there uh, again this year. And Kelvin Benjamin, one of those late bloomers that that we typically don't like uh, for dynasty purposes. He's got the worst thing, too. He went to FSU. Uh, you know, that's one of the shining accomplishments <laughs> on his resume is is getting uh, – I don't even know if he got a degree from FSU. Did he leave early? <laughs> Obviously, I don't he know. didn't get a degree. 
We want to thank uh, you, Jacob, for coming on the show tonight. You can check out all of Jacob's work, including the Dynasty Rookie Pick article on rotoviz.com. Jacob also has another article on there that I liked uh, reading about who he thinks uh, or who he makes a case for should be the 101 pick in Dynasty Startup. So if you're in a Dynasty Startup like the FFPC, definitely give that a read. Follow him on Twitter at Clutch Fantasy. When I was tweeting out before the show tonight, Rob told me the same thing that uh, we're just getting uh, at mentions blown up, like uh, people retweeting, oh, Clutch Fantasy going to be on the show. That's my boy and, and stuff like that. So people obviously uh, love reading your stuff, Jacob. Do you have anything coming up on Rotoviz that you're working on right now? Yeah, I'm actually working on uh, my uh, dynasty strategy um, where I, I pass on rookies early on. You know, I got PC League in another league where I had a huge success coming out of the gates and by just avoiding some of those rookie picks in the startup draft. Go old. You have the Cavalier King Charles uh, strategy of getting as many rookie picks as you can. No, that's tanking <laughs> year one and getting all the rookie and, picks. For and, and then you have, and then you have the uh, Rick road strategy of avoiding rookie picks. And both of them have done a, yeah. to, to very good success. So if you execute it right, you can get it done. I think we executed this uh, uh, this interview tonight with you very well, Jacob. So uh, happy to have you back on, and we will talk to you again very soon, my friend. Best wishes. Thank you so much, guys. I had a blast. Thanks. Jacob Rickroad from rotoviz.com. That was fun. FFPC dynasty player trying to win the league this year. Finished in the money the last two years. Prime candidate for winning his league. So we'll uh, we'll have him on again at some point. Okay, let's fly through a couple of emails tonight. Right, I promised uh, some of these people that we would uh, read these on the air. And I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> I'm going to skip that I one. didn't promise. Oh, okay. Person. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Right. We talked about this before the show. And we kind of talked about it with Jacob. But I'll just get your official answer. Just go. Morning, Dave and Balky and Rob. Well, I agree that Gurley and Gordon are the top two backs in this class. What do you do in this scenario if you hold the 101 and can't trade down and get equal value? Gurley goes to the Texans. Gordon goes to the Seahawks, but Ajayi goes to the Cowboys in round two. That's Vince in Middlebury Center, Pennsylvania. You're taking Cooper? All right, so we got Bottom one. Gurley is a Texan. Gordon is a Seahawk. Ajayi, Cowboys. He has the 101. What would you do? Does he need running backs? Do I have to? He doesn't say. No, you don't have to. Would you take Cooper? I'd probably lean to Cooper... Otherwise, I would probably go with Gurley, to be honest with you. I would take, I would say Gurley's coming out at a young age. You can see the writing on the wall. Foster will be gone. I'll take Gurley. I'll wait on him for a year and kind of suck it up. If I'm taking running back, I'm going Gurley then. Okay, but you would take Cooper. It would be close. I probably would take Cooper, I think. If you needed receivers and running backs or if you. Right, Cooper. Okay. Final email. Answer this quick. This is from Javier and Terre Haute. And actually, Mint brought this up in the chat tonight. He has his best ceiling catching 90 balls from Jay Cutler, and now they are reunited. Why won't anyone talk about Royal being a sneaky shark pick in the second half of drafts this year? Have fun at the draft, boys. Javier, Terre Haute, Indiana. Eddie Royal. Nobody's talking about him, Dave. Well, we are now. I think he's got uh, a little potential. Why not? Where would you take him? 12th round? 13th round? Yeah, for sure in that area. Sounds good. Do you think he'll go higher? All right, fine. Well, we'll talk about that as the draft uh, unfolds and we get a better idea of ADP. We need longer shows, Bob. We do. Oh, God, what a great interview with Jacob Rickrow tonight. Happy birthday, Joe Scoza. It's his birthday today, of course, finishing 10th in pros versus Joe's friend of the show. Uh, so awesome that he's celebrating his birthday. Uh, thanks to Dan and Oikos, Triple Zero, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, producer, mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce. Most of all, you listeners, FFPC 1250 Dynasty champ, Ryan Howell, Hawkeye Hellraiser is on the show next week. Your weekend starts now. 
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I look good, I look good, I look exactly the way you wish you could. I look good, I look good, I look good. Come on. Joe said that I'm the best in the West.